Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. Lord, that that story of the prodigal son, that the minute that son took his eyes off that path and looked down, as soon as he took his eyes off of himself, you were already running. That father was already running down the path. That love was already flowing. I got the picture this morning of of walls that we build block by block, things that we, that we portion off in our life. And, and we, we step away from God on them. And, and when we tear those, those walls down, God hasn't disappeared. He, he's, not, he's not somewhere else. He's not scowling at you. When you take those blocks down and then all of a sudden you see him again, he's standing there with his arms open smiling at you that that love is already flowing it says in the in scripture that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us that means that that love was flowing from the very beginning and as soon as you turn and face him boom you get hit as soon as you turn and face him as soon as you turn away from your problems as soon as you turn away from your circumstances as soon as you turn away from yourself and you turn and, and turn your attention and your affection towards him, that love, already it's already going. It's already right there. It's already right there. So there might be things in your life this morning that, that you have begun to dwell on and you've become to block off or you've become to get fixated on. And, and God's standing there saying, why are you living in squalor? Why are you choosing to live with the pigs? Why are you choosing to live covered in dirt and muck and filth, eating things that aren't going to help you, eating things that aren't going to nourish your body, eating things that are just going to sustain you and sustain you longer in that pain and that wallowing-ness of, of that mud? Just come home. Just come home. Just come home. And just if, if you just close your eyes and picture, hopefully we can we can watch this movie together of this of this son covered in in dirt and muck and covered in all the stuff that he doesn't feel worthy. He, he's just going to go to the father and just ask the father, Father, just make me a servant. Just make me a servant. I, don't, I'm, I know I'm not clean anymore. I've got dirt all over me. I'm, I'm all gunked up. Just make me a servant. And he's walking down his path and the nerves and and all of the the fear that's rising up of I'm not worthy. I'm not going to be good enough. He's not going to like me anymore. He's not going to want to look at me. He's barely going to want to talk to me. He walks down that that fence and he turns. As soon as he turns down that driveway, he sees his dad. Not frowning not coming at him with a club. (laughs) He sees him with his garment picked up so that he can run. And he sees his dad sprinting, shouting, arms wide open, excited. And the son doesn't even get to say anything. 
that father, you watch this movie, that son runs down that path as that father is coming towards him. And he, that father scoops that boy up, wraps his arm around him, filth and all, muck and all, pig mud on him still, and kisses him and tells him, I'm so glad you're home. And then he puts a robe on him and he cleans him up and he gives him a ring and he puts shoes on him and he says, we're gonna have a party, we're gonna have a feast. And I I think we've always, I at least have always relegated that story just to when somebody comes back to know God and to be in a relationship with God. But I think it's interesting that we could live a Christian life and have a prodigal spirit in certain things. And we could say, God, you can have all this, but I'm going to have, I'm going to keep this over here. And we build a little wall around and then we sit in that mud and we eat that junk. So I think in all aspects of our life, there's a chance to to fully return to the Father and let him embrace you. And God is just so full of love. He's so full of love for each and every person here this morning. Lord, I pray right now that you would just help all of us to understand your love greater and more, Lord. That you would help us to see the amount of love you're pouring out. We know that you don't need to pour out more love, God. That you've poured out all the love that there can be to pour out. That we can never exhaust it, Lord, but it is up to us to receiving it. So this morning, I pray that you help us all to turn to the Father. In each and every circumstance, each and every little wallow of mud that we have in our lives, Lord, that we leave them, that we see there is no value there, there is no health there, that there is value in health and feasting and, and, and clean clothes with the Father. Lord, we thank you for that image. We thank you that you paint that picture, that story for us in Scripture so that we can continue to gain more and more insight of how good of a Father you are, of how good of a Father you are. We worship you, Father. I pray that you would just continue to touch our hearts this morning, Lord. Continue to touch our hearts this morning, God. And it's in your son, Jesus, that we say, amen. Karen, you can keep playing, Ben. You can stay up here. We're just going to go after this. You can sit down. As you're sitting down, just stay in an attitude of worship. In Luke chapter 15, if you have a Bible close to you, you can can, uh, open it up. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Isn't that interesting? This is what Adam was saying and what we've been talking about for several weeks. And I was going to talk about tithing today, but obviously the Lord wants to do it next week. Giving is, not, giving is not an issue of money. Giving an issue is an issue of the heart. We've been talking about this for a couple of different weeks, about the difference between a, a poverty mindset or a provision mindset or a prosperity mindset. And it's not even about things. It's about the, the, the heart, and it's about the mindset. So a poverty mindset is always operating in fear. You know why people get mad when pastors talk about the tithe? Well, he just wants us to pay our dues. Now, I'm not asking you to pay any dues. There's no membership fee here. It's a lifetime subscription. It's free. But it's because of a mindset that if I give 
10% of my money away, I won't have enough. That's called a mindset of poverty, that I'll never have enough. In fact, if you're even praying for a, from a provision standpoint, that's quite a selfish prayer, and I'll tell you why. You might say, well, Jesus taught, Jesus taught us, right? Give us today our daily bread. Absolutely. It's a, it's a valid prayer. But if we stop there, it's a prayer out of selfishness. God, give me just what I need. I don't need anything more, just what I need. Really? What about your neighbor who desperately needs something and he wants to use you in generosity to help that person out? But you've stopped at provision. You've stopped at God, just give me enough. Again, say this, it's not really about money. It's not really about money. It's about a mindset, a heart of generosity that says, nothing is mine, it's all yours. You're actually the Lord of all. You actually are Lord of all. And out of that, money flows. Generosity flows. Kindness flows. Love flows. Compassion flows. So the Lord was showing me during worship, poverty mindset is actually the reason, one of the reasons why pornography is so rampant. Why? Because my wife or my husband, wherever you are, I can't get enough love from them. I'll never receive enough love. So I'll look at a screen. I'll look at a movie. I'll get my satisfaction from somewhere else because there's never enough for me. Do you understand? That's a mindset. Why don't you spend time with the Lord? Well, I don't have enough time. Poverty mindset. I'm worried that if I give an hour of my life to the Lord every morning in prayer and reading, worship, whatever it looks like for you, that I won't have enough time in the rest of my day to make it work. People that isolate themselves, that never become transparent with other fellow believers. Why? Right? I don't have enough trust. There's not enough trust to go around. I can never trust this person. I can never trust that person to expose my heart. So what do you do? You isolate yourself and you allow sin to come and be hidden in these dark places of your heart. And you think it's because people aren't worth being trusted. But it's actually a poverty mindset. This is, this is, this is a very weird part. Maybe the word weird isn't right, but I don't have any notes, so go with me. It's a weird part about God's nature is that he's not going to force you into a prosperity mindset. He's not going to force you to give. He's not going to force you to love other people. He's not going to force you to remain faithful to your relationships. He loves you enough to give you a free will. So next week, if I can talk about tithing, I'm telling you right now, he's not forcing you to give to the institution of the church. In fact, I can confess of church leaders across America that operate from a poverty mindset and, and manipulate and control and say, you better give or you're going to live under a curse. You better give to this church or you're going to live in this and always in need and never be happy. That's control. You know why? Do you, know, do you want a secret? It's because church leaders are afraid that if, you, if we don't force and control and manipulate you to give, that we won't be able to pay our bills. It's a poverty mindset. Instead of saying, we are free. Freely we've received, freely give. And actually operate in the mindset that he's given me more than enough. Everybody say, it's not about money. Y'all think I'm preaching about money right now. I'm not preaching about money. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Listen, 
In the prodigal son, I only got two verses. The younger one said, Father, give me my share of estate. See, we teach it and preach it. You know, he just wanted to go out and party and this and that. Listen, this is a poverty mindset. He wants, he wants it. What if it's not here when I'm old? What if the father does something and it's not going to be there when he passes away? He wants it all for himself. It was about himself. Selfishness comes from a poverty mindset because I want more for myself because there's not going to be enough. And what does the father do? The father sit him down, throw a couple curses on him, beat him really hard and send him out. What does the father do? Before his time, he divided up the share between them and he sent his son with his share. So regardless if it's with your relationships, with your time with the Lord, with your money, whatever it is, he gives you free will to be you. You have freedom in Christ. And it's our choice whether we're going to follow the Holy Spirit into greater freedom, greater prosperity, not just finances, right? Or if we're going to wallow back into a poverty mindset and just want it for ourselves. It says, not long after that in verse 13, I'm in Luke chapter 15 if you're there. It says, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country and then squandered his wealth in wild living. Isn't that interesting? That people that operate in a poverty mindset and just want it all, they just want more and more and more and more. They actually don't carry the capability to handle it well. So then they end up squandering it. You want more and you want more. And I need more retirement. I need a bigger house and I need the best things and I just need more. God, just give me my portion. I just need what I want. And when it all surrounds around a poverty mindset of fear that I'll never have enough, you're actually not enabled by the Holy Spirit to even use all that he's already given you wisely. And he squandered it all. This man was probably walking away with a good amount of provision and he squandered it all. It's also interesting because what did he do? He set off for what? The town next door? Anybody have the Bible open? Where did he set off for? A distant country. A poverty mindset takes you far away from the Father's heart. Listen, this was a good, good father. It's who he was. It's who he was. Are you with me? You're relaxed, right? I'm feeling really tense right now. <laughs> You're like, is he joking right now or is he serious? He seems mad. A poverty mindset, afraid that he wasn't going to have enough, afraid that the good, good father was not going to have enough inheritance for him. He says, I just want it now. So he takes it out of, a, out of a poverty mindset, out of fear, out of selfishness. And he doesn't go to the town next door. He goes in a far off country. Because a poverty mindset will make you run away from the love of the Father. Because I can do this on my own. Because I'm not going to have enough anyway. You go into fear and protection mode. And it takes you far away from the Father's heart. It says that he squandered his wealth. That means a lot of money. Whether it was in animals and seed or whatever it was in, but he squandered it. It says, in wild living. A poverty mindset operating out of fear will it lead to a result of a lack of self-control because I don't have enough. I don't have enough. What am I supposed to do? So he actually ends up going into a lifestyle of wild living as he's squandering his entire inheritance. But it says after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. 
There is a principle of sowing and reaping. That's not just old covenant, it's new covenant. And this man sowed and sowed and sowed, but he sowed in the wrong fields. He sowed in bad fields. He sowed in fields of a poverty mindset and of greed and of selfishness and in isolation. And you know what he reaped? A famine. He reaped the famine. You know, I don't believe, I, I, some people again in the church, they'll talk about this. Like if you're mean to people, right? And you lie and you manipulate, like God will send other people to be mean to you and lie. No, 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 absolutely not. It's a condition of your heart. So if you carry a poverty mindset, and you sow poverty and you sow selfishness and you sow uh, greed into everything that you are, you're going to just simply reap that. God's not up there pouring a hot bowl of wrath over you. In fact, the father here was not praying for the guy's demise. He was praying that he would return where? To the father's heart. Because where the father's heart was, that's where all the provision still was. It says, so he went and he hired himself, hired himself out to a citizen of that country. <laughs> so the Bible says that when we become believers, we are citizens of heaven, right? So when we come into the kingdom, we are giving up our citizenship, per se, of the natural life, and we become citizens of heaven. And now what is this guy doing? He goes into a far off country, leaves the citizenship of his good, good father. And he hires himself out to a citizen of another country. So he actually comes up under the authority of another citizen, of another country. Did you ever think about that in your life? When you start to leave the father's heart, when you're worried about, am I gonna have enough? Am I gonna have enough joy? Am I gonna have enough peace? Am I gonna have enough love in my relationships? Whatever it is, when that fear is in operation, you're basically saying, I'm surrendering my citizenship to you because I'm not allowing you to be Lord of my life right now. I'm allowing fear and selfishness to take part in my life. So I'm putting myself under the authority of another voice and his name's not God. He's the enemy of your soul. So he wants to kill you, steal and destroy you. So God's over here, he's not mad at you. He's not sending bad people to your way. You have put your heart under the authority of another kingdom. So though in position, you're a citizen of heaven, but in lifestyle, you've become a citizen of another kingdom because of a heart condition. So this man sends him to feed pigs. It says he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Did you ever find yourself in a situation like that in life where you know you've walked away from the Lord in a certain area? I mean, it doesn't have to be like your whole life, just an area of your life. Then you find yourself desiring the filth of the earth. So what, what, how did I get here? Have any of you ever, I mean, I'm being honest. I've asked God that before. Like God, how in the world did I get where I am? Like in two or three weeks period of time, right? You're all mad, you're cranky, you feel like you're far from God. How did I get here? I can imagine this man who was in a very wealthy household now wanting to eat the pods of the pigs. Pig food. But yet no one gave him anything. 
It says in verse 17, when he came to his senses. Say, he came to his senses. Another translation says, when he came to his right mind. Right? So you know what this is? Does anyone know what the spiritual word of this is? Somebody say repentance. Right? When he came to his right mind, when he came to his senses, when his mind was renewed, it's like the eyes of his heart were opened up. There was repentance. And he's saying, wait a minute. This isn't my inheritance. This isn't the mindset that daddy used to teach me to have. I'm eating from the food of pigs. So there was revelation. And obviously, I'm not preaching about tithing, so I'm feeling, I'm sensing, I'm hoping that there's people in this room that there's revelation coming to your mind right now, saying, you know what? In my relationship, in my money, in whatever it is, in my time with the Lord, I've operated in a poverty mindset, but no longer today. I'm coming to my senses. I'm coming to my senses. So he says, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And there and here, I'm starving to death. So he starts to think, what is it like in my father's house? What is it like? Even the people that my dad hires have more than enough food. So he says, I will set out and go back to my father and I will say to him, have any of you, have, uh, any of you out there prepared a speech for God? Like as you're thinking it in your head, like he doesn't already know you're thinking of it, right? You're sitting here. How did I get where I am? How in the world am I right here eating from pig? This is what I'm gonna say to God. Okay, first this, first that. If you allow this to happen, then I promise I'll pray to you every day. And I promise I'll never say another bad word, right? You're preparing your speech in your head. So this is what his prepared speech was on his little note cards, maybe on his iPad, I don't know. It says, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Now look at that. He sinned not only against heaven, but against the person itself, his father. So he recognizes that his poverty mindset both affected his relationship with heaven and his relationship with other people. Like I said last week, if you're not operating in generosity with finances, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, um, a flashlight into your heart, the condition of your heart. So that generosity is going to flow or lack of generosity is going to flow out into your relationships as well. So a poverty of mindset will offend heaven and will offend other people. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, a place of humility for once in this, in this man's season. He says, make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he went to his father. I want to tell you, a poverty mindset, he came to his senses, but what did he do? He went up, he got up, and he went to his father. When there is repentance from poverty to prosperity, there must be action. You have to take a step of action. You have to say, I'm going to reconcile myself with that person. I'm going to begin giving to the Lord. I'm going to begin dedicating myself with time for the Lord. I am going to crush the computer if I need to, to avoid those websites. There's action following repentance. So he comes to his senses, but he also gets up after he writes his speech and he goes to his father. Oh, I love this. It says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. So was his father carrying on with daily living? Or was he looking for his son? See, the father had his house in order, so it was running quite smoothly. Are you with me? It was running quite smoothly. And the father was peering out over the horizon. He's looking, and he's looking, and he's looking. And he has his paddle behind his back, right? Does your translation say that? No, absolutely not. 
It doesn't if you don't know the story. While he was a far way off, the father saw him. And I'll follow this. It says his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Oh my goodness. When our earthly kids do something so wrong that compares to this, and my child turns around, am I filled with compassion like the father was? And I see some heads going like this, <laughs> right? I'm going to get him for what he's done. He needs not one spanking, but not two, three spankings. And the father's looking for him, and he's looking for him, and he's looking for him. Boom, that's my son. And his heart is filled with compassion. Do you know why? Because the father didn't have a poverty mindset. The father didn't say, I don't have enough compassion. This boy messed up my life. He messed up my inheritance. He's lost half of what I was going to invest in the next future. He is going to get what he deserves. No. The father had a prosperity mindset. So he had more than enough love, more than enough compassion to embrace his son. So it says he ran to his son. Now that phrase there gets so overlooked. If you look at the nature of God and you look at the activity of God throughout the Bible, this is the one place. There might be multiple. There's, a, there's a, something in the Old Testament say that he dances over us. But this is the only place I know in Scripture that we see the Father. This is an image of God. How many of you know that now? It's the image of God. Good Father, Heavenly Father. This is the only place I see in Scripture that he is running. Now, a man in those days would have been dignified, right? Long robe. What's it called? Tunic? I don't know at this time. It's long. And a man of his stature would have walked like this, right? He is dignified. He has a, holds a higher position. So there's respect in what he does. And the one time we see him grabbing his clothing and pulling it up and saying, I don't care if I look undignified. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care how I'm being judged. And he just takes off and he runs to the sun. And this is a son that has just wasted his entire inheritance. And the father was willing to run back. When you come back to God, when you've been far from God, whether it's a small part of your life or a big part of your life, and you come back, don't you dare insult the work of the cross by coming back saying, God, I'm just not even worthy and expect a punishment from God. This boy, who was a fa the son of the father, left and wasted everything and came back. And the father came to him, ran to him. And it says here that he kissed him. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. He said, the speech isn't necessary. You don't need, you can put your note cards down. I just want to be close to my son. And he pulls him in and he kisses him and he and embraces him. And we see the father actually chasing after the one who left. If we can't learn about having a mindset of prosperity, a mindset of more than enough, just a reminder, this is not about money. A heart condition that my father has more than enough and he's blessed me with more than enough. So I'm going to give out more than enough. I'm going to give out enough love, enough compassion, enough patience, enough relationship, whatever it is, because he is a God of more than enough. And then the son starts. He says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. There's confession of sin. He says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, 
I love this. Like the, the son's sitting there, I'm no longer even called, just please, I gotta do it. And like the dad turns around and he's like, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Not the used one, not the torn one, not the dirty one that the other brother had been wearing for the past several weeks or months. He said, quick, put the best robe on him. Bring the ring. That's a sign of authority, sign of protection with the robe. Put the best robe on. Put the ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. And he says, bring the fattened calf, not the little one, not the one that we've been just hoping for a little party. Bring the fattened calf. There was a celebration. He said, let's have a feast and celebrate. Do you see the Lord punishing and shaming and denigrating somebody who just came back to God? Absolutely not. You see the fattened calf, the robe, the ring, the sandals, and a, and a feast to celebrate that a son is home. He says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And I believe threaded through here is a mindset of poverty that repented to a mindset of, or of prosperity that my father has more than enough. So because of that, I have more than enough. But in verse 25, it says the older son, he had done his duty, right? He had did a good job. He followed all the rules, but his heart was far from his father. I did this and this and this and this and this. It says the older brother, the older son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. I would have loved to have seen that father up there just dancing away and jumping and twisting because his son was home. Do you ever imagine having a dance party with God before? No, my God is very stern and serious. All right, Jesus told this story. I'm not making this up. <laughs> there was so much joy that there was a feast and dancing and music. But listen to what the son said. He called out to one of his servants. He says, what's going on? Your brother's come home, he replied. Your father's killed a fattened calf. The older brother became angry. Why? He refused to go in. This brother threw a temper tantrum. I'm not going in. I'm sitting right outside on the curb. Why? Because he has a poverty mindset. Because what is he thinking? Whoa, whoa, whoa. My brother already wasted all of his inheritance. So what? Now daddy's going to give some of mine away? There's not enough. So this, this older son's operating in a poverty mindset. If he was already generous in his heart and he already knew his father had more than enough, he would have celebrated with his father, but his heart wasn't not in the right place. He says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Was his heart right with his father ever? Are you slaving for God? Oh, I have to give my tithe. It's my obligation to the church. It's my, oh, I'm gonna give it. please. Do not do that. This son, whose heart was far from his father, looked at light, a lifestyle of obedience as slaving. I've been slaving for you. I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat, right? What is he saying? I didn't have enough. I did all these things for you, dad, but I never had enough. But when this son of yours has squandered your property, and with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him because there's greed and selfishness in his heart. And he says, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. 
but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found. What a wonderful promise to end with. So God can say to you, my son and my daughter, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. Everything the Father has has been given to you in the inheritance of the Lord. So it's our choice whether we walk with a poverty mindset or a mindset of prosperity, knowing that the good, good Father we have is running to you the moment you turn back to him and you repent of anything in your life, waiting to kiss you and embrace you. I can just imagine the father, the, the, the son saying, oh, dad, you should have been there during the famine. You said, oh, I was doing this and this. this is the, the dad just saying, son, that's enough. It's over. It's done. You're back home. You're back home. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that there is music and dancing and there is a feast going on in heaven because there are minds and hearts repenting all over this room. Father, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you are running back to man after woman and woman after man who's saying, ah, I've been walking with that mindset that I'm never going to have enough. I'll never have enough love. I'll never have enough money. I'll never have enough time. I'll never have enough trust. Father, we confess to you today that in areas of our life, we walk with that mindset and we repent of it today and we turn from it today and we turn back to the Father's house where we know all provision is, where we know there's more than enough compassion and more than enough love more than enough money, even more than enough that we'll need for the tilapia project. You have more than enough. Father, I pray that in our spirit, you would help us to just take a deep breath and exhale and know we can rest in the Father's arms. That as we turn to you, you run to us, you embrace us, you kiss us, you stop us from all of our speech and you say, quick, bring the fatted calf. So we, turn, we just turn back to you, God. And Father, we ask you, and we believe that you're going to do a mighty, mighty work of reviving these saints here in this body so that we can pierce the darkness in this area. And Father, we believe that we need a heart of generosity and, and a mindset of prosperity, and it's not really about the money at all turn our hearts back to you. Turn our hearts back to the Father's house where there's always more than enough. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.